We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs video from us here at KC Sports Network. I'm former Chiefs insider BJ Kissel, and it's Tuesday, which means we're going to be joined by my guy, Nate Taylor from The Athletic, and he joins us every Tuesday for our five burning questions. Now, the Chiefs are 2-0, the Chargers and Broncos are both 1-1, and the Raiders are pulling up the rear in the AFC West at 0-2 after that pick six in overtime against the Arizona Cardinals last Sunday. Now, the big news this week is Chiefs linebacker Willie Gay Jr. being suspended by the NFL for four games, and we'll obviously chat about that and what it means moving forward for the Chiefs uh, here with Nate Taylor in just a few minutes. But right now, do a quick word from our partner here, DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, we're back with Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Nate, I'm not sure if you heard about this or not, but apparently one of the chief starting linebackers was suspended by the NFL um, over the last 24 to 48 hours, depending upon when you're listening to this podcast. Mm. Can you give us the latest on Willie Gay Jr. and the four-game suspension by the NFL? Oh, I'm aware, BJ. Um, <laughs> you know, this is basically Roger Goodell's decision um, on his interpretation of the league's personal conduct policy. Um, I know, you know, Chiefs fans – were quickly asking me on Monday when this uh, news was announced by the league, if Willie Gay was going to appeal it. And the decision has been made that he will not. 
appeal it. So his first game back will be right before the Chiefs bye week against the um, San Francisco 49ers in week seven. But unfortunately, with his suspension, Willie Gay, who's probably their most athletic um, defender, will miss the game, probably miss the biggest game of the season, right, against the yep. – uh, Buffalo Bills in week six that'll be the that'll be the end of his of his suspension um all of this stems from an altercation he had in January with the mother of his newborn child at the time um she felt threatened uh she alleges through the Overland Park police that Willie Gay pushed her um and he refused to leave her home now once the police arrived, Willie Gay was not there based on the police report. So um, when the NFL feels like a player has done any harm to a woman, um, whether it's physical, verbal, um, obviously we understand the, the sexual uh, misconduct that Deshaun Watson has done uh, or that the NFL basically, you know, said that he, that he committed, even though he was never, um, he was never, you know, convicted of anything from a legal standpoint, uh, that they're going to try to take as hard of a stance as they can. Um, I know some Chiefs fans are somewhat uh, puzzled by how the decision was made for four games in this mm -hmm. case involving one woman, which, you know, you can, it's basically your opinion as to where that meets comparable to yeah. the Deshaun Watson situation where the league wanted a, a full year. Uh, Roger Goodell basically appointed someone in, in the league that essentially said that uh, based on the independent arbiter, they're going to hedge it basically and go down the middle. And so Deshaun will miss the first 11 games of the season. Um, but anytime the NFL deems that you've done some form of violence to a woman or women, uh, multiple women, uh, they're going to, they're going to just see that as a violation of the policy. So the timing of it is interesting, BJ, because, you know, the NFL told me that this, case from their standpoint involving Willie was pretty much resolved in July. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if the suspension came out because Willie or the Chiefs didn't want to, you know, maybe they considered appealing and then eventually didn't. Yeah. Um, and that's why the ruling came out to, you know, excuse me, came out Monday for people that are, are watching or listening. Um, but the, the timing is a bit odd just because uh, unlike the Sean Watts situation, he was suspended before the season started. Willie Gates right. was locked play two games and now he'll miss the next four yeah the, getting into a discourse about whether or not it should have been more or less is not anything that i'm ever going to be interested in getting because we weren't we weren't there we don't know exactly what happened whatever it was mm -hmm. it was unfortunate willie gabe's taking responsibility by not appealing now that doesn't mean that it could mean a lot of different things for not appealing uh it mm -hmm. could mean they just don't want to drag this out and have more people keep it in the news cycle more and more right. people are talking about it if they don't think there's a high probability of him coming back, weighing that against the PR hit that it takes by continuously talking about a player that was in an unfortunate situation that you hope is resolved and you don't like to hear about these things. But comparing that to the Deshaun Watts, either way, there were things that were done that shouldn't have been done. And then trying right. to make excuses and compare that to other things is just not any kind of conversation that we're going to have here. But I appreciate you updating everybody yeah. uh, on the latest of what's going on uh, with Willie Gay now. Let's talk about a little bit about what happens on the field now over the next four weeks without Willie Gay Jr. Um, you've got Darius Harris. You've got Leo Chanel. You've got Elijah Lee. Uh, they brought up, I believe, Jack Cochran um, from yep. the practice squad. How do you see this kind of playing out for our second question here on our five burning questions? Just how do you kind of see this playing out over the next four weeks with, you know, 
who's going to get the majority of those snaps? Are they going to break it up? Um, obviously, putting you on the spot here a little bit without, you know, they're not going to give you the inside information on exactly what's going to happen. So this oh, is 100%. Jeff, hey, if you got that lifeline, you want to break that news, please. But uh, I know the organization well enough. Um, I don't think they're going to give you the playbook. But how do you see this playing out in your opinion of what the Chiefs are going to do defensively without Willie Gay over the next four weeks? Yeah, this is this is my best estimation, my best guess. So so you are correct. And, you know, <laughs> on tomorrow, on Wednesday, we'll, we'll ask Coach Reed what the, what the thought process is. We do see the early portion of practice. So you kind of get an idea of um, which groups of guys are working together that may mm-hmm. be translatable to the field based on whatever the matchup is or the opponent is that week. My best guess is that um, you're probably going to see Darius Harris the most in the Willie Gay, you know, after Willie Gay um, sort of version of this defense. I think, you know, there could be a chance for Steve Spagnuolo to really use uh, Brian Cook now, you know, the third safety, the rookie Mm. from Cincinnati. You know, you could get to a place where maybe you're in more dime packages and you just hope Brian Cook is a effective tackler in the open field. Yep. The interesting thing about this game against the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday is Jonathan Taylor, um, you probably need about two to three guys to bring him down consistently um, to not let him, you know, sort of break the game open with a long run. Um, Obviously, he's super effective in the red zone, although the Colts did not score any points against Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I think Nick Bolton will play a lot of Mike and or Sam or excuse me, Mike and or Will. I think Leo Chanel will still play the, the Sam linebacker role. I don't think you need to make things more complicated for the rookie as he's obviously getting, you know, more snaps as the season goes along. But yep. Darius Harris is the backup Mike. So there's a version of this where he plays the Mike position, even though Willie, without Willie, you know, you're going to have Nick call the plays from the Will spot, play the Will spot on certain passing downs because he's probably their best coverage and just open field tackler uh, among this group. And then Elijah Lee is, is someone that I'll be interested in too, because you know, maybe he's someone you use on nickel if you want to mm-hmm. keep things simple with Harris on base personnel. Um, yeah. I'm interested to see what 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 you guys think um, as I watch more videos and, and try to get an insight because it's so hard when they've only played two linebackers basically the whole season. Like yeah. uh, it, it's been fascinating, but this is this is where I would would suggest if I was in the coaches' meeting is to say, hey, let's let's make sure Nick Bolton's on the field at all times, right and if you're a Chiefs fan, you know, hope that he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, Darius Harris has been in the system the longest, and he should be capable of being a spot starter, um, and you don't have a ton of drop-off. Of course, you're not going to replace that athleticism. Of course, you're not going to replace possibly some interceptions or some tackles for loss. But don't give up the big gains and then use, you know, Elijah Lee and Leo Chanel in spot situations given whatever the Indianapolis Colts presents from maybe, you know, multiple tight end sets. Yeah. And I think you bring up a great point that it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be replacing player for player and trying to replicate his skill set where you can mix in different, different defensive coverages, different personnel mm-hmm. groupings to try and um, achieve your goal of slowing down an opposing offense. And I like the idea of Darius Harris being that guy. He is probably the most, the closest to being the most athletic Darius Harris can run and you get up on that mm-hmm. turf in Indy. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is an absolute stud, but you get somebody that can beat meet him at the edge who can beat a block in the backfield. I think Darius Harris is the best case of all those guys that you just mentioned. So that'll definitely be something to watch about. And Brian cook, 
you know, going big nickel or, you know, going yeah. with some bigger bodies in there. That's a, a really good point too. And it's not like Steve Spagnuolo, if this was resolved back in July, it's not like they haven't had time to plan what they wanted to do schematically for a chunk of the season, knowing that Willie Gay mm -hmm. was going to miss some time. And so this is not necessarily scrambling to figure out what they're going to do. The chiefs organization, normally the NFL does a pretty good job of communicating ahead of time, or at least giving heads up that they know that something is going to be coming, even if they don't know exactly when. And so yeah. hey, let's move on to the third one. And uh, this is the DraftKings line. Uh, I believe it's moved quite a bit uh, when you talk with people for this game on Sunday. Uh, I don't know if it was injuries. I don't know if it's going to change now with the Willie Gay Jr. news. But right. Chiefs, somebody had mentioned that the line started at three and a half points that the Chiefs are favored by. And now it's all the way up to seven. So the line right now is seven points, which a little surprising going on the road. I know the, the Colts have not played well. They have had right. a lot of injuries. They've missed a lot of guys. They've played two teams that aren't great. Uh, but based on what we saw from them last Sunday, that line makes sense. But just in general, uh, you put a line like that against, you know, Frank Reich is a good head coach. So mm -hmm. uh, it it kind of surprised me. What, when you hear the line of Chiefs are favored by seven points going on the road against the Colts, what was your reaction? Yeah, um, I'm a bit surprised too because – if the Colts can't perform better under desperate circumstances, then they are not the team I thought they were going to be when the season began. No. Um, they're 0-2. This will be their home opener. Um, they were just kind of lifeless in Sunday's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars for long stretches. They clearly didn't score. They lost 24 to nothing. Um, I know that Campbell didn't play Alec Pierce, the, the rookie wide receiver. He didn't play that. Those go to the injuries that you mentioned, um, BJ, but is this line indicative mostly of Andy Reed with 10 days to prepare Patrick Mahomes against a defense that, you know, uh, can be the chargers. Times. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> not the chargers. The chargers. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I love, I love the Forrest Buckner, but yeah, you know, uh, Shaquille Leonard is not, is not playing. And, and that's, and that's yeah. unfortunate. You know, I, I think the Colts have four star players. It's Leonard, it's Quentin Nelson, it's the Forrest mm -hmm. Buckner and it's Jonathan Taylor. Yep. Problem is only two of those guys really play positions where you can wreck a game. Yeah. Um, a, not a great look. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not a quarterback. It's yeah. not, it's not a receiver. Um, you know, it's a, it's an, it's an offensive guard, which is great, but you need all five men to work together. And, and, and yeah. the, as Andy Reid describes with that beautiful dance, you know, when you're trying to protect the passer, um, but the Colts have to pretty much do anything they can to stay in this game to see if they can try to steal it late. But I think this line reflects that. Look, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's Andy Reid on a, on a 10 day break. Um, the chiefs will be, you know, a little bit more rested, you know, I thought some of their issues against the Chargers were A, Chargers-related, and B, yeah. trying to play two football games in, in, in five days <laughs> is just not – like, it's just not great. Um, and yeah. obviously that that led to really probably one of the deciding plays of the game is, is Everett being so gassed that he can't run a route and then Jalen Watson gets the pick six. So – Shout out Barry Rubin. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> strength condition yeah, strength and conditioning coach, you know. Um this really might just say that like maybe Matt Ryan is closer to the twilight than we realize. Yeah. And if 
look, even if these wide receivers play, are they going to be 100% healthy? Um, and so a lot of the burden will be on Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, we've seen it from time to time. A running back can only do so much. Um, and we all assume the Chiefs, you know, who are second in the league right now and points scored will be yeah. in the high 20s, will be in the low 30s. So um, the more you think about it, it makes sense. But for a, for a team that we thought was a contender when the season began, a team I thought that was going to win the division, not a great division in the AOC South, but still win the division, right. to be 0-2 and be giving seven points at home, that is that is shocking. But that tells you how poorly Matt Ryan has played this season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's probably the biggest surprise to me when looking at the Colts is I thought they finally had a veteran quarterback who could kind of stabilize things for them because their defense yes. had been so good that it had been mm-hmm. kind of wasted by some really, really bad quarterback play. And you get a, a veteran in there with a running game with Quentin Nelson that kind of solidify everything, and it just has not mm-hmm. worked out. And this could very much be a second half of the season team once Matt Ryan, who had been in the same system forever, um, down in Atlanta, gets used to the personnel. I can see them getting significantly better. But after this game, Nate, and this is my fourth burning question for you, is just how much do you think we're going to learn about the Chiefs in this game against the Colts? Because from step back, from the outsider's perspective – absolutely smoke look amazing against the Cardinals come out (laughs) and struggle against the chargers, which you just brought up the point of probably has more to do with the chargers being pretty good. (laughs) You know, the Mm -hmm. other guys are on scholarship too. Yes. But how much do you think we're going to learn about the chiefs? Because to that point, never underestimate an embarrassed professional athlete, maybe one of the best lines or signs that I've ever Mm. heard because you don't see teams routinely get their tails kicked in week after week after week. Now, this is a Colts offense, very prideful group because they're professional athletes that did not score. How many times do teams get blanked in the NFL at this point? So they're going to be fired up. They do not want to start 0-3, and and they don't want to obviously struggle in front of their home crowd in their first home opener. But, you know, how much are we going to learn about the Chiefs in this game on Sunday against the Colts? Well, I think you're going to learn even more about the depth of the defense, right? I mean, 
you know, you don't have Trip McDuffie in Thursday's game. You know, Jalen Watson steps up, makes the play of the game. You know, obviously they're not going to have Willie Gay. What does that do from the linebacking, you know, depth so far? Um, you know, Matt Ryan is the opposite in terms of mobility when compared <laughs> to, you know, Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. So I think this is an interesting test for uh, the Chiefs pass rush. Hey, Matt Ryan is going to get to his landmarks. He's not going to move a ton after that. Or if you can get him off his spot, you know, maybe this pass rush can get three or four sacks in the game, especially if they get, you know, if the Chiefs get a lead early on, make the Colts one-dimensional. Um, hey, you know, maybe George Karloftis and Frank Clark um, can do something on the edge. And obviously Chris Jones, you know, there'll be, I'm sure, some extra motivation to say like, hey, you know, some people consider DeForest Buckner the best defensive tackle in the AFC. Some, some people consider you the best, you know, defensive tackle in the AFC. You know, let's see who wins. You when should you ask guys him that this week, Nate, just like that. Um, don't don't think I'm not. <laughs> don't think I'm not. And don't think I'm not ready for his smile. This is his like his oh come quiet, on. Like, come on, Nate. What are you what are you doing? Um, I guess we're gonna yeah. find out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like, hey, it's like you, DeForest Buckner, and Jeffrey Simmons. Just so happens you guys play the Colts of the Titans this year. I'm just, yep. you know, just just saying. Um, so you know, I think we're gonna learn a lot about the defense. Uh, in terms of the offense, I think short week, and I need to see better improvement. I'm going to write about this in the athletic, but you're going to you're going to need to see better better improvement, or or actually just better production in short yardage situations. It's one of the more um, puzzling parts of the season because, like you mentioned in the first game, BJ, they were they were a juggernaut. They were like, we don't care if it's fourth and two near the goal line. Like we have yeah. the perfect play call. You know, obviously the running backs as a group did well. And, you know, there was some real up and down play from the running back position against the Chargers. Obviously Clyde saved his best for last in that 52 yard Mm -hmm. run to really seal the game. But um, for Andy Reid, it's like, coach, I understand as I ask this question, I'm going to ask this question on Wednesday, y'all. I understand that y'all are never, ever, 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 ever (laughs) going to run a Quarterback sneak. <laughs> but coach, no one's gotten hurt since since that happened. Like every like I watched Red Zone on Sunday, coach. Everybody ran a quarterback sneak. And guess what? The quarterbacks largely stayed healthy. You know, Tom Brady's done it for 20 years. And yep. at some point, you gotta keep it simple, right, coach? But he they can, he, yeah. he probably not gonna do it. But but that that, that is part of the that's part of the problem. With short yardage situations, when the defense knows one option is already off the board because they never run it because he got yeah. hurt the last time, then then you take then you have more you just have less tendencies to go off on, and the defense can understand that, which is a credit to the Chargers because they knew when the shovel pass was coming, they probably knew when the fullback, yeah. you know, uh, dive that was ra- coming. That never doesn't work. <laughs> that rarely never worked. Never not you work. Know, no, it Blake Bell it is, is not most- here to take these sneaks, coach. <laughs> I can't tell how many times it's been like fourth and one. I'm like, here comes that fullback play. I don't know what's called. Like he opens up. I know yep. it's the way that he turns that it always screws up the linebackers. It's the reason that they do that. Going back to like high school football days yeah. uh, and their cues, but it always works. And there's the reverse pitch out of it. You know, the reverse pitch is coming at some point. They're going to get stopped. Well, let's, next let's week, see it on pick. Sunday, coach. They're going to reverse pitch out of it. And I'll come back and be like, that was what I was talking about. If you're wondering what play I'm talking about, go back to 2014. 
the game against the Buffalo Bills, fourth and one. They did the reverse pitch and they pitched out to Jamal Charles. And I think he ran for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like that's the same exact play. And then that's the counter off of it, which I think I've only seen the one time where they've actually ended up pitching the outside because 98% of the time they run that little fullback dive on fourth and one and it works or third and one. You know, you, know, you, you could just pitch that ball to Isaiah Pacheco and see if that, that four, three speed is a, uh, that might is, give it away. That might give it away. You put you put Isaiah Pacheco in the backfield on fourth and one. I think they're gonna be like, hey, look for something hey, outside here. So sometimes it's just about the Joes, man. Sometimes the Joes are better than the Jimmys. Just let just them tell me like cover up his number and maybe they won't yeah. notice who's back there. The best part was a rookie after the play, just just ribbing the hell out of a third year player, being like, dude, you were carrying that like like it was gold, which you know, <laughs> yeah. I get it. But like even Isaiah Pacheco's like. You don't got to do that, but you know, Clyde. <laughs> Clyde learns this lesson from the Baltimore loss, and he's you know he's never going to do that when he's in the open field on on a four minute offense. I'd really like Isaiah to say that to Clyde in front of Eric Bieniemy and just see the interaction. I would love to hear the interaction <laughs> in that game situation for Isaiah. Like, you don't got to run like that, and Bieniemy just stares at him. <laughs> just like doesn't have to say a word. <laughs> but yeah, I I still think the biggest play for Clyde for me was running over Derwin James. Like I could ne- Ooh, I could watch that. Yeah all day long little yeah. Texas route that we've been expecting from Clyde Edwards since he got drafted a lot more of that, a lot more of the screen yeah. game. And he's been, I mean, he's on pace for just over like 1600 yards from scrimmage. I know the 52 yard run had a big uh, part to do with that, but that goes for most, you know, boomer bust. We saw it with Jamal Charles for his entire career. There's a lot of short run, short run, short run, and then he'd bust one. And then he'd have the, you know, highest yards the average, average, in, yeah, the average NFL history. Up, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Fifth question. Uh, this goes back to the offense. We've talked a little bit about it, but just directly, you know, we saw the offense struggle against the Chargers. In your opinion, is that more about the Chiefs not being who we thought they were after the Arizona game? Not saying that they're not still one of the best offenses in the NFL in case anybody's right. blood pressure just went to like 100 uh, based on what I said. But do you think their struggles were more about the Chargers being really good or the Chiefs struggling a little bit and not being exactly what we thought they could be this year? Yeah, I think it's more about the Chargers. Um, they are the best threat. You know, through two weeks, guys, we've seen it now. Uh, Denver is off to a puzzling slow start. Um, but, hey, you know, it's the first time He's head coach. Hooked. <laughs> um, you know, the I, 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 I'm kind of stunned the Las Vegas Raiders are 0-2. But, hey, they did what the Chiefs – you know, they couldn't do what the Chiefs did, which is just contain Kyle. Stop! You let Kyler Murray run around. You're asking to get yeah. beat, and so they let the game get very chaotic, um, and they got caught. You know, and, and it's unfortunate, but they're zero and two. When I think they have, you know, a legitimate argument to be at least one and one, maybe two and zero, if they played a little bit better at the end of their season opener against the Chargers. To your point, BJ, there's not many teams in the NFL who say our two best pass rushers are Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack fully healthy, fully ready to go, and can overwhelm about half of your playbook. You know, it's it's hilarious that when you rewatch the game, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is a big receiver, and now he's being asked to chip Joey Bosa <laughs> before running a, a flat route or, or, or sort of an outlet for Mahomes in case yeah. the heat still gets there. Um, and then – the reason why the Chargers have been designed, and I understand why people pick them to win the division, is it's not just about you know the spectacular plays that Justin Herbert can make, even with a fractured rib. It's 
Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr., who we're going to talk about here in a little bit, and J.C. Jackson. Like, that is arguably the best secondary in the AFC, right? Until yeah. Tredavious White comes back from the Buffalo Bills and is the player he's been, yeah. I-, I think it's the Chargers who have perhaps maybe the most dynamic secondary. Um, yeah. Now, the Chiefs secondary was obviously up to the task themselves in Thursday night's game was in a huge reason why they, why they won. Um, but I think the combination of having two elite pass rushers and multiple players who can be versatile, dynamic, and just cover, you know, receivers at a high level um, yeah. is the reason why the Chiefs office sort of struggled. You know, I don't know if the Colts can replicate that. Um, no. And I think – Thank you. you, you I, I agree. Sorry. I agree. No. You, you always got to throw it out there because you, you never know. Again, these are professionals, as you mentioned, playing with pride because they were flat out embarrassed in Jacksonville. Yeah. At the same time, it's a short week against a divisional opponent in the first matchup. And I know some fans were like, I don't love these play calls in the first half. Got to think long term. And I'm pretty sure Andy Reid didn't want to show everything in this matchup because he assumes he expects the rematch in LA to be that much harder, which means you're going to have to get to maybe your more sophisticated creative stuff. And you just got to see what it's like with your offensive line, your tackles or Linda Brown and Andrew Wiley up against Khalil Mack and, and Joey Bosa. And Hey, yeah. sometimes the other team wins. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought Mahomes was excellent and only being sacked once. Um, but a lot of this is the Chargers have one of the best defenses. And because it's only two weeks, we're going to see over the next month, month and a half, hey, they might be six and two, seven and two, because that defense yeah. is better equipped to support Justin Herbert so that Justin Herbert doesn't have to do everything in the second half to keep the Chargers in it or to help them win these sort of comeback games. Um, give credit to the Chargers. It's okay, Chiefs fans. You can acknowledge the Chargers have a really good defense, yeah. one of the best in the AFC. And I think with 10 days rest, an appropriate game plan, an appropriate schedule, um, knowing who you're playing, uh, you know, at a more, you know, probably at a, at a better detail in terms of the, you know, the simple things you want to do from the game plan. I assume the Chiefs will perform a lot better on offense or at least be consistent to start um, instead of having to sort of rally like they did against the Chargers coming back from a 10 point deficit. Yeah, not a lot of teams out there going to be able to replicate having two ball hawks. Uh, and I, JC Jackson's not playing at 100%. And I put it out on right. Twitter because I was feeling feisty that the Chargers <laughs> offseason was paying JC Jackson five years, 70 or $82 million. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the Chiefs was Jalen Watson in the seventh round. And we saw that turned out um, with a picture of Justin Watson catching a touchdown and a picture of Jalen Watson scoring a touchdown. Uh, worked out nicely for them in that hey. one. And uh, that's what's yeah. beautiful. You could you'd be upset and you know we not who they thought they were that game was boring it wasn't close it wasn't fun to watch but the next day I had a lot of joy that came out of that game because the Chiefs cannot mm. play well the Chargers can do everything including putting their quarterback out of situation I don't think he should have been on the field I could be wrong about that I've said that consistently that it was really hard to watch a player who couldn't protect himself go out down ten in a situation right. where the probability with, with of them the, coming back's really low with a banged up offensive line because they were without yep. their starting center and their starting right tackle. Yeah, I know he endeared himself, and the toughness will never be a narrative that's brought up again because he showed the entire football-watching world that Justin Herbert's a tough SOB uh, and really showed mm-hmm. that he can go out there and play. I just didn't, st- still don't think it was a great idea, but that pass that he made across the middle made one of the best <sighs> passes of the entire season when you see the end zone angle, and he really didn't have a window at all. 
He no. just somehow mm-hmm. got it in there. Um, but the fact that the Chiefs can go out there and not play particularly great um, and still come away with a win uh, in that scenario was big time for them and probably tough to swallow uh, for Brennan Staley, who gotten so much crap for being too aggressive. Then he goes uber conservative and they've neither one of those plans really work out for him. So uh, you, you Nate Taylor, you need points, coach. You need points. <laughs> like Whatever yes. will help you get points against the Chiefs. That's what you need. That's what you need to do. So he'll he'll adjust some things. But I, I, all this sets up the rematch. I just I'm so interested to see how yeah. it looks in November between both these teams. Who again will have a full week to prepare. We'll have more game tape to sort of dive through. And and to just add to your point, uh, BJ, Justin Watson, depending on who you ask, is either the fourth or the fifth receiver, who absolutely cooked the Chargers' best cornerback. So you know sometimes sometimes depth on an NFL team really really matters. It's it's one of the reasons you get to the Super Bowl, and it's one of the reasons you're you're a perennial championship contender. Brett Veach probably feeling pretty good about uh, the work that he and his staff did after that one. So, <laughs> Nate Taylor from the Athletic Man, appreciate you for joining us on this episode of KCSN Update, presented by our friends at DraftKings Chiefs Kingdom. We know there's a lot of great places to get your Chiefs content throughout the week, and we appreciate KC Sports Network being one of them, and we appreciate. Uh, Nate Taylor for joining us. Make sure to catch all of his great work at The Athletic and follow him um, by Nate Taylor on social media. He'll have all the latest on what's going to go down uh, with Chris Jones uh, this week is he's going to ask him about going up against who some say is a better defensive tackle in the AFC. If he gets upset about that, Nate, just throw this out. Just bring up Robert Incandici because growing up, that was kind of the guy that was always ranked ahead of Chris. So he always had his eye on him. I learned that going down and visiting uh chris and his family down in houston mississippi i'll never forget that one so if you get yourself in a tough spot and he starts to yes. bring up in Kim, where's in Kendichi now and then he'll smile and be like i don't know um so <laughs> anyway buddy you won chris, chris. you won <laughs> he's got to find the next one he's got to right, find right. that just to say something aaron donald's better and he's like well it's aaron donald <laughs> yeah i don't i don't i don't ever mention i don't ever mention his name to chris Jones because it's just like hey man you know <laughs> One guy's just okay. this version. Like, he's this generation's Reggie White, man. Like, we can't. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, like, he's he's not He's the like best the defensive player in NFL history. It's it's crazy. It, it, well, he's, he's in the, he's in the, he's in the, he's in the argument, man. I mean, Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, um, Aaron Donald. Derek I Thomas. love, me personally, I love Ed Reed. Love Ed Reed. Yeah. But, like. Yeah, there's only there's only so many names you can you can list off without being like, yeah, that guy, you know, Dick Buckus. I take Aaron Donald. Yeah, he's <laughs> in the conversation. I take the guy right say. across the center who just wrecks everything. Wrecks, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. you know, Dick Buckus like really revolutionized the linebacker position and the <laughs> violence and the toughness and you know intimidating. And it's like, and, yeah, and Aaron Donald is perfect right now. Yeah, but oh man, <laughs> he couldn't. What, play a, in what this a reference! Era. Those what guys reference. could not play in this era. You oh, kidding? of course, of course not. But but just to say that, like, you would watch the old clips of Dick Buckus and you'd be like, "That's really, really impressive." Against other grown men of his era, that is yeah, that's true. Not even close to the comical levels of destruction um, on any third down when you don't double team this man named Darren Donald. So. You watch yeah, those, that's, like, that's that's the beauty of the sport. You watch those old Steeler highlights, and you're just like, how are these guys not arrested as soon as this game was over? Like, <laughs> that is assault. <laughs> They're close-lining people. It's like the longest yard. <laughs> it's like just yeah. taking everybody out. Yeah. So, all right, man. 
Appreciate you as always, everybody. Appreciate you for tuning into this episode. And we will see you all later. We got plenty of good content coming up this week as the Chiefs get ready for the Colts on Sunday. We'll have you covered at KC Sports Network. And Nate will have you covered at The Athletic. See you all next time.